0: Good morning. Uh, It's good to have you all here. Uh, I I turned the air off. Uh, We have a condenser out and we have heating elements that are out. So uh, we just got a new unit and uh, they're under warranty, but that doesn't do us much good this morning. But uh, yesterday we had a women's retreat and uh, uh, the women suffered through that. And uh, about the time we finished, it came up to temperature. And uh, we hoped it would sustain overnight, but it didn't. So, uh, snuggle with your partner, and uh, uh, and uh, we'll, we, you'll you'll live, okay? Uh, but we're glad to have you this morning. Uh, speaking of that women's conference, uh, great day yesterday. We had over a hundred women here uh, for that, and uh, uh, good teaching and good fellowship. And so that was. That was a great event, uh, as Donna said. we also had a busy week. Uh, um, if you saw me on the news and everything that 's because there was media hounds all over here, and every time they 'd walk in, Beth and Grant and Tina would go <laughs> talk to him so um, but I am a big deal now, so if you <laughs> if you 're going to talk to me, I need you to go through my agent okay so um we, we are we are glad to have you. We are we are starting a new series this morning uh called It's Not Personal. It's Not Personal. And we'll develop this idea but um here here's where we're going. Let me sort of give you the thesis and then we'll develop it throughout the month. Uh for a, for a while the American church especially Christianity, American Christianity, we have we have transitioned into this personal faith personal faith it's 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 between me and god i as long as i'm okay with god i i don't care what you do i i don't have to be nice to you because i know i'm right with god i i can disagree with you i can be hateful i can be vengeful because i have a good relationship with god and and while that that resonates with sort of an individualistic mindset which uh, we in, in the united states love to be a part of it does not resonate at all with biblical faith in fact there is the whole personal aspect of faith yes there is a very personal aspect to faith you need to have a personal relationship with jesus christ but that is not the end of this journey that's the beginning of you being called into mission and partnership with God to bring the kingdom of heaven uh, to earth, we are to share our faith. We are to we are to make sure that others know about the God that we love, who has claimed us. Yes, there is a personal aspect for faith, but it does not end there. And so we're going to develop that idea over and over this. This month, and we're going to begin this morning uh, in Deuteronomy chapter six. Deuteronomy, fifth book of the Pentateuch, uh, that those original scriptures of uh, God's people. Uh, this is known as the Shema prayer. Uh, you will recognize it as we get there, uh, but we're in chapter six, verse one says, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy, and you and your children and grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all of his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel and be careful to obey then all will go with all will go well with you and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey just as the lord your god of the god of your ancestors promised you here is the shema prayer listen o israel the lord is our god the lord alone and you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are home and when you are on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning thanks be to god this is uh, this is god's message to his people as as he was giving them possession of the the promised land they had finished wandering in the in the wilderness he was about to give them the land that had been promised to Abraham long ago. They were about to take possession of that. And as they do that, he gives them these decrees. He gives them uh, the law. And, and as he does that, he says, hey, when you go into that place, when you get all the blessings that I have for you, when you receive uh, the, the promise that I made to you, don't take it for granted. Don't forget me. Don't forget how this happened. Don't forget who's in charge. Don't forget who gave you all of this. And the way that you're going to do that is by rehearsing it over and over and over and over again. It's interesting here that it it brings up children and grandchildren, that this is how we pass along our faith. I, I, I entitled this, Teach the Children Well. If if we want the world, if we if we want Christianity, if we want the gospel message, if we want the hope of Christ to make a dent, it begins as we tell the story of Jesus over and over and over again. In this personal aspect of our faith, I. I we i i, I cringe uh, so many times when i'm talking to parents and they're like yeah we don't make our kids come to church and we don't t- we don't want to influence them on their faith we want them to make that choice on their own and i'm thinking what i mean a faith developed on your own is a faith that is only in yourself which is pretty pretty uh, telling of where we are Uh, we're not afraid to teach them basketball or soccer or or, uh, baseball or anything else. And we'll commit to that and we'll make that a priority. But when it comes to faith, the most important thing that we have, an eternal relationship with a God of all power and might, we shrink away. We don't want to influence them. And, And what God said from early on is tell the story. Make sure your kids know this stuff. Write it on, write it on your doorposts, wear it on your foreheads if you've seen pictures of of Pharisees and and the religious leaders they had they had it in their pockets they had it on their tassels they had it on the for they had it on their doorposts it it was everywhere they turned that into a religious exercise and forgot who they were praying to but that that this is why they did that it was a response to God basically saying wherever you go whatever you do whoever you're with make sure you remember me The Lord your God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Tell your kids about it. Tell your grandkids about it. You don't have grandkids? You don't have kids? Go grab a neighbor kid. Go volunteer at the school. Go read at the library. Go volunteer in our nursery or our children. I mean this this is the most important thing that we have with the problems in our world with the problems of of violence and 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 all the other things that go on in our in our culture It's not going to be a political answer that saves us it's going it's it's God and God alone who can make a difference And why is it that we the ones known by his name we are often the ones that forget about Him the quickest. We're often the ones that only go to God in emergencies or only go to Him when we, when we have something that we want Him to do for us. We forget that it's that daily conversation. It's that daily rehearsal. It's the daily reading. At the time of the writing of this passage, there was, there was only uh, five books. In in the Bible, we now have an Old and New Testament filled with revelation about who God is, about His plans for us, His love for us. The way that He created us to live and breathe. The way that He asks us to share His love and grace and mercy with the world around us. This is the lifeblood of who we are. Tell the children. As you were watching our our worship loop, uh, and we had some uh, images from the ministry fair last uh, week, which was a, a great event, and our our program staff did such a great job of of sharing all of that and getting the information and and all of you that came, it, w- it was a great event, and I hope you recognize in that that so many of those ministries are aimed at telling the story of Jesus, right? Not just in the building, but around, around, the, around the community and actually around the world, right? Some of the things, some of the most powerful tellings of who Jesus is don't happen in Bible study. It happens in the way we interact in the world, Part of the, the reason the media was coming around and wanting to talk to us and stuff is because the simple act of opening our building as a place to get warm and to get a warm meal, That that's not hard. It didn't take a lot of effort. It didn't take any training. We didn't have to form a committee to come up with how we were going to do it, Right? But over and over and over, folks saw our name and our address and saw the results of that, and it sent a message. The church cares about our community.
1: It's telling the story. Love the Lord your God with all
0: your heart, soul, and strength. That This is who we are, folks. This is the mission we are called to. I, I love that you're here this morning. And for those watching us on on TV or online, I, I'm, I'm glad that you're joining in with us. But this is not the end-all-be-all of what Christianity is about. This is the holy huddle to get us out in the world doing our work. This is where we meet uh, to snuggle together because we're cold and then go back out in the world and and share the warmth of Christ, right? This, this This is where we come to be reminded just how much God loves us, even though we don't deserve it, so that as we go back out there, we can tell the story to the world. And you don't need to get a sharpie and write a verse on your forehead, but the light of Christ should shine from your eyes and from your countenance as you go out. We don't we don't physically carry those things with us, but but you know when you meet people that are are uh, in love with Jesus, there's an uh, there's just a feeling about them that you love to be in their presence. That's our job. Tell the kids. Tell the grandkids. Anywhere and everywhere, whatever is happening, wherever we go, wherever we have the opportunity, tell the story. Tell the story. And in order to do that, I just want to spend... We're going to celebrate communion a little later. But uh, So what I wanted to do this morning is just uh, give you a chance to remember and reflect all that God has done for you. I... I, I I know we have a breadth of experience in this room, and so not everybody's going to be able to resonate with every point, but where I, I, I want to just give you some ideas, and I want you to, in your mind, uh, go to those places and those memories, access that as a way of remembering your timeline with God. How do you know about faith? How, how did you first hear about it? Was it a family
1: member? Was it parents? Grandparents?
0: Who who was it that told you the story? I mean, 100% of people that know Jesus heard it from somebody. Right? We heard it from somebody. It, who, who told you first? Who was the one, who were the ones that patiently, by prayer and by consistency, planted the idea in your mind that there's a God you needed to pay attention to. And if it was as a young kid, you probably didn't appreciate it. You probably didn't recognize how valuable it was at the beginning. But looking back, who was it? Was it a teacher? Was it a, a church leader? Was it a, a grandparent? Was it a parent? Who was it that spoke to you first? And then taking that, turning it
1: around, who are the people you're talking to?
0: Who are the ones that you're passing that on to? Do your kids know the story? Do your grandkids know the story? Is it a part of your identity with them? Is it, do they know, not just by your words, but by your example, how important God is to you? And how do they know that? Is it reflected in your decision making? Is it is it reflected in your priorities? How do they know it's important to you? How how are they learning about
1: it? your neighbors, your friends, your
0: workmates, your country club buddies? Wherever wherever you are, wherever we go, whatever we do, how are you telling? The story. And what's the
1: story you're telling? Is it a story of you better get to church or you're going to hell? That's not good news. Right? No, it's a story that
0: even though I don't deserve it, I have a perfect God that loves me. I have a God that's willing to look past everything I've done wrong. In fact, He paid a price that I could never have paid back so that I don't have to operate in guilt and sin anymore. I have freedom and hope and 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 a future because of what God did for me and I'll never be able to pay him back and he doesn't expect me to. But he continues to work in me every day. He continues to bless me even though I don't deserve it. He continues to offer me a new beginning every moment. He continues to 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 shine His love on me. That's the good news. When your kid fails a test, reminding them, study harder, but remember, we don't love you because of your achievement. We love you because of who you are. When your spouse disappoints you, reminding yourself and them, I'm not happy with what you did, but I love you because I chose to love you because God loves me. And I don't love you because you earned it or deserve it. I, I love you because you. I chose to love you. How are you telling the story? How are you living the story? What places in your life are you writing it on the doorpost, wearing it on your forehead, carrying it in your pockets? Where? How are you telling the story? Eddie, where are you?
1: I don't know what number it is. Look it up, Haley. I love to tell the story. Tell me what. I can do this with Eddie because he, he
0: knows everything by by memory. So he, he can play, play it without the words, but we need the word. Yeah. 156, you got a hymnal? Let's
1: turn to that.
0: Why don't you stand with us? I love to tell a story, it be my theme in glory. And, and a lot of times we, uh, we sort of live that way. When I get to heaven, then everything's going to be okay. And then I'm going to tell the story of Jesus. But actually, a, a biblical theology of, of what God does for us is you have the ability to live in glory right now. That's, that's what we have. That's what He invites us to. Uh, an experience that transforms us from who we are in the brokenness of this world into a foretaste and a, and a glimpse into who He is and what He can do. It's part of what we do in in taking communion. This is this this sacrament <coughs> is not just a memorial of who, of Jesus's uh, death and resurrection. This is a foretaste of the banquet in which we all get to sit around the table and, and sing praises to Him and look into the face of our Redeemer and the face of our God and remember and celebrate all that He has done for us. Glory doesn't have to wait until death. Glory can be a part of your life now. And that's actually some of the good news. That's, that's that light of Christ that we carry out into the world i don't have to wait till I die to to feel the glory of God. He's given me a gift right now he's changed my life now as we get ready to celebrate communion it's it's it, it is there are so many aspects to holy communion and this is this is Jesus' way of passing along he He took Old Testament remembrances and practices and gave us a new way to rehearse over and over again what we believe and what God has done for us. There's a remembering back, which is a part of it. it. We certainly do give thanks for who God is and what He's done and the gift of His Son and the suffering that His Son went through and the fact that He was willing to do that for a world who had turned their back on Him there is certainly a remembering and a thanksgiving in it there's a part that looks in the past there's a part that addresses us here and now holy communion that we are we are in the presence of god here that as we gather together the 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 spirit of god is with us that through these Elements of bread and juice or your little shot glass and wafer. We can experience the presence of Christ in some miraculous way today. And then a future telling. That I'm being reshaped, remade and sanctified and and reborn in His image. God's at work in me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't take this lightly, but do it in every aspect of your life. In order to properly receive communion, we we must set the table in our own hearts and minds And so we're just going to take a moment uh, uh, for you to, I want you to think through uh, what it is as as you come to the table, what it is that you need to leave behind. Whether it's anger, frustration, worries, what what do you need to leave behind just in your own thoughts and in your own mind, take a moment to do that.
1: Jesus said, come to me all who are weak and heavy laden and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Oh God, we all, we all carry with us regret.
0: We don't have to think too far back to think of the last time we did something that didn't, shine your light or share your love. Our ego gets in the way. Our our
1: schedules get in the way. Our pride gets in the way.
0: We've not loved you the way you ask us to. We've not loved others the way you've commanded us to. We even
1: struggle in loving ourselves.
0: We've not paid attention to the need around us. We've not done all that we could to bring hope and grace and mercy to the world around us. We've not been the church
1: called us to be. So forgive us. God, unlock those bondages of sin So that we might be free to serve. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. Amen. I want you to.
0: We're going to do this all together, so hold off on this. But on that night that Jesus gave Himself up for us,
1: took bread, He gave thanks, broke the bread,
0: passed around the table, and said, "Eat from this, all of you. This is My body broken." For you, whenever you eat of it, I want you to remember.
1: And he took the cup
0: and he gave thanks. He passed around the table and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is the new covenant and my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, remember. And so it's in remembrance of these, his mighty acts in Jesus Christ that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving. Is a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us, pray with me, come, Holy Spirit, fill us, oh God, we don't want to just carry your word in our pocket. we don't want to just carry it in 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 our thoughts we want we want it to be upon our countenance. God today we believe that in eating. Uh, this wafer and drinking this juice, we are in some way consuming who you are. It's a mystery of faith. It's a it's a mystery of what your spirit can do in that. You, in some way, you're going to take this ordinary thing, that's what could be considered a weird thing, and you're going to do something so powerful that we're going to be able to feel your presence. May your may this juice and this bread be for us your body and blood, so that we can be that for the world around us. We want to be one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world.
1: We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. If you'll turn it up so the wafer end is facing up and get the the cracker body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed.